Okay, well, I was trying to remember what happened to do a recap, but I don't think any recap will do justice to what really happened in the in the last session. We made friends with people. You made friends. We went on the train. You went on the train, yes. Choo-choo, motherfucker, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's all the recap we need. Choo-choo, motherfucker. No, so to try and capture some of the uh, insanity from the last session, our two competing groups just had an uneventful meeting at the Silver City Railway Station after Dr. Bastian Fleischmann, Lionel Fish and Gilbert Gray set off from Albuquerque after, after having only started one fire. So I suppose that's relatively good going. Unfortunately, during that journey, uh, Dr. Bastian Fleischmann had a bit of a, a funny turn. And after reading Unaussprechlichen Kulten in its native German, I think that it being in its native German is probably what did it. And and yeah, the onset of uh, an extreme uh, extreme mania. He now thinks he's a, tra- he's a train. No, I don't think that's exactly what he thinks he is, but he now has a mania about vehicles, but specifically trains. But I think that this mania could expand to pretty much any vehicle you want at any point. What was he called? A maxomania. Oh, is that what it was? I hope it doesn't extend to horses. Oh, I bet it will. Weirdly, Google said, I typed in a maxomania and it said, continue your journey. <laughs> okay. Does anyone else wants that? Is that it trying to talk dirty to you? I think so. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's specifically a mania for being in vehicles, not even moving them. Please do not have it about the horse, then. You better not. Please. A horse isn't really a vehicle, is it? I mean, that's like... It is if you're inside it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, stretching it. But anyway, uh, yeah, so... Old Shatterhands. Dr. Bastian Fleischmann decided that he had to commandeer the train, fired a gun into the uh, ceiling, um, just as they were pulling in to Silver City. Well, let's say... And the other group, the other group, uh, Harlan, Blake, P.I. and uh, Jesse Brown, somehow all got rounded up and ended up in the town jail where the sheriff, after a great deal of arm twisting, agreed to let them go without charge as long as they would help him out with some local difficulties that they'd been having in the Castronegro vicinity. It seems like all the, the threads were getting pulled together. Or at least the GM was trying to get you to Castronegro after four sessions. I mean, that, that was... It was, master, it was masterful. That was the main main objective. And we ended with old Henry pulling up in his cab. Oh, uh, well, I guess it's some kind of vehicle. Oh, dear. And you you were all whisked off through the desert towards the small town of Castronegro, and that is where we will pick up. So, yeah, that's the recap. I have mentioned, I think, all the characters, but why don't we go around and everyone can t- tell us who they're playing and what's wrong with them today. So starting with uh, Dan... I am Gilbert Gray, a former chemistry teacher. I suffer from progressive kidney disease and uh, struggle to pay my medical bills, trying to put money away for the family, so I'm now making moonshine to cover the bills. Uh, And any resemblance to any other characters in works of fiction is entirely coincidental. Living or dead. (laughs) Living or dead, or fictional. You've got mustard on your tie, by the way. I think also you and uh, our next character, played by Scott, have an interesting dynamic going on, I think. Is that is that something, Scott, maybe you want to comment on? So, yes, I'm playing Lionel Fish, who is a former confidence trickster who got involved with the bootlegging trade and Dr. Gray a while back and has since tried to divorce himself from the whole thing and go straight working as a stringer for a variety of wire services. But somehow he's been pulled back into all the madness, and he is not happy about it. He is not happy about it at all. 
So uh, we, we saw some sparks fly, didn't we, between Gilbert and Lionel the other week. And, uh, you know, may, maybe a, a nice pleasant cab ride will help them get over that. So, so many sparks that a house burnt down. Indeed. And next up, we'll move on to Joseph. Joseph, who, who are you playing? I'm playing Harlan Blake, P.I., uh, former Pinkerton man with a tragic past. But I've, I've made good as a self-employed private investigator. I moved out of Santa Fe from my native Colorado. And I became friends on the job with young Jesse Brown. He's a little headstrong, I find. Uh, quick to reach for his uh, iron, I believe would be the uh, term my boss would use. Uh, we've fallen in together looking for a missing person. I took on a case in, back in Boston, actually. And I'm fastidious. I like to look after my appearance, mostly from an obsessive-compulsive point of view. Yes, I, I forgot to mention, actually, the purpose of why you're all headed to Castronegro. You are, of course, looking for the, uh, well, two missing persons, actually. I, I suppose you could say three, really. Dr. William Godfrey, uh, the first group were on the trail of, and David Lane, who Holland has been paid to find by his parents in Boston, back in Boston. And yes, with his companion, played by Dannon. Yes, uh, Jesse Brown, who's a horse wrangler and a tracker, various other things, but a uh, He's basically along for the ride with Harlan. Uh, they've worked together before. And uh, he's desperate to get enough money to, uh, well, you know, he doesn't like to talk about his private life or his family business. But uh, let's just say that Brown's bang tails have has, uh, they've had better days. So uh, any way he can make money is <laughs> appropriate right now. I can't even imagine what a bang tail is, and I don't want to. But I think Shatterhands needs a new pair of shoes, as they say. Old Shatterhands, he'll, he'll be kitted out, don't worry, in the latest Converse. And then finally, finally, lastly, but not leastly, Dom, of course, yes, who are you playing tonight? I am uh, Dr. Bastian Fleischmann. I'm a fully qualified psychiatrist. I can provide the paperwork if you really need it. You'll just have to wait a few weeks, but I can get it. It does exist, I promise. We do really need it. Most people don't need to see the paperwork because the work speaks for itself. I'm a fully equipped psychiatrist with uh, bromide sedatives and opium and amphetamines. And of course, my favorite, the paraldehyde rectal depressant. I put my go-to mental soothe, mental balm. Yeah, I'm sure that Dr. Godfrey, it is Godfrey, isn't it? <laughs> Didn't write that down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he owes me some money. And I, once I once we find him, I'll work out what that debt was. I'm sure he must owe me something. Yeah, uh, after, a, after a life of ill health, I am probably coming into my prime, it feels like. Lately, I, uh, as a boy, I was very taken with Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. I'm very excited to be out here. But lately, I think the locomotive has really captured my imagination. And I, I never really thought about it before. But actually, actually, trains are fantastic. And cars are look like small trains, personal trains. They're fantastic, too. Uh, the romance of, of rail. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that uh, Dr. Fleischmann is now a walking case study. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's the best example of his own work. Maybe I'm sure there'll be some point where he has to administer a peraldehyde enema to himself, which I'm sure will be entertaining. Maybe you can do that on your own time. It's for all our benefits. Off camera, please. For everyone's benefit. And mechanically speaking, he is currently indefinitely insane. Just, just so we all know, just in case there was any doubt. Oh, God. I'm just trying to shake off the image now of you administering the enema to yourself as you're administering yourself as an enema to a horse, like a deducken of crazy. I think that's what a bangtail is. That is a bangtail. Brown's bangtails. <laughs> that's a very brown bangtail. Two thrashing human legs sticking out the back. How does Goodman write this stuff? I just, I don't know. It just flows from my mind into your ears. <gasps> 
God. I, well, let, let's hope we can live up to the promise now. Yeah. Because the five of you are all squashed up, perhaps four of you in the back, one in the front of this rather uh, rickety Model A truck, let's say. Let's say let's say he's driving in a Model A truck, a Ford Model A truck, to Castronegro. It, it is a, a few hours' drive. And would there be uh, any particular conversations that happen in there, or should we just cut to you arriving in the town? If, if, you, if you want to uh, discourse about anything, by all means. I mean, I'd be reaching for the wheel every ten minutes and say, let's have a quick, just I want a little go. Just a little go. And Henry says, keep your hands to yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir, uh, these roads are very uh, unpredictable, especially in the dark like this. How fast does it go? Well, it's a Model A. Don't go too fast. It goes about, uh, well, top speed about 25 miles an hour. My God! 25 miles an hour! Let's see it! Sir, if I put my foot down, we're liable to go off the road and into a cactus. So, uh, just, uh, can you keep your German friend here, uh, you know, quiet, hush him up a bit, uh, hush him down a bit? I mean, uh, he's giving me a bit of a headache with all this, uh... Sit down there, Fleischmann. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to open the window for a minute and stick my head out like a dog. <laughs> Watch out for lampposts. I'm assuming old Shatterhand is, uh, following behind. <laughs> trotting behind. Yeah. Sit on the back. I just occasionally whistle out the window. She could probably keep up with the truck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that is a very good point. Perhaps we can just gloss over that and assume she gets there with you. Well, it's either that or she's tied to the roof rack, but I'm assuming trotting behind is probably... Or she disappears. After about two miles, you hear this whinnying sound, and then from that point on, you just hear this dragging. <laughs> oh, God, no! I'm sure Shatterhands will disappear until you really need them, and then and then you just have to play an ocarina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll turn up. That's a poner, but yeah, yeah. Poor Shatterhands. No, let's say she is a very... Was it he? He. It's a... Yeah, yeah. Let's assume that he has incredible stamina and knows and can follow a scent as well, even if you get a little bit ahead. But Henry's keeping the speed low so Shatterhands can keep up with you. I'm just tossing out the odd baby carrot from my co-op lunchbox. Andy, Andy, I didn't want to um, sick a uh, spoke in those proceedings, but I had been trying to go to the hostlers before we intercepted the trio of lunatics. Well, the lunatic and his two carers off the train. So I wondered whether there was any value in us following on the horses. Not that I wanted to destroy a beautiful unity of a party. No, that's. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. And because tonight we we are invested in doing this. Yes. Okay. So let's slightly wreck on that and have Harlan and Jesse following behind on horses. The luggage, the, just the three others. Three amigos. <laughs> yes, the three desperados are in the truck, maybe in the back of the truck, a back seat. And yeah, so a few hours later, this peculiar party, the trio in the truck and the, the two riders, approach the perimeter of the very small town of Castronegro. And... Um, Henry has been giving a bit of a travelogue about the New Mexico desert and the flora and fauna. He seems very knowledgeable. And, of course, Harlan and Jesse won't be hearing this, but uh, Lionel and Dr. Fleischman and Gilbert, unless they're like just sort of leaning down from their horses as they're riding alongside. What's that? And he also gives you a brief description of the town. He says, uh, well, you know, there, there ain't much going on in Castronegro, but uh, I'll tell you a few of the, the highlights, uh, you know, so just so you can orient yourselves a little bit, orientate yourselves a little bit. Well, you know, uh, so, uh, of course, here, coming up uh, at the end of the main street is the Herrera Hotel. That's uh, that's the only uh, rent house in town. That's where you'll be staying. Just uh, down that ways a bit is the the Changeling, as they call it. Funny name, uh-huh. but uh, it's a it's a private club. If you if you get my drift, keys and balls. You can get the things you need. What's that? 
I said keys and bowls. I say from outside the carriage door, and then the horse takes me back. <laughs> Shouting in. Well, I, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, if you, if you want something a bit stronger than uh, sarsaparilla, that's where you'll be heading. Uh, I don't know if you, sure, you gentlemen, sure. are, uh, need that kind of a thing and whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, and there's the chapel up there on the other side of the square. Uh, it's the only church in town. Pretty small place, I guess. Uh, and uh, I, I believe one of you on the on the journey down mentioned something about you were talking about some some old books and stuff. I, I seem to recall was that uh, something you mentioned? Yeah, the tomb. That's right. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. There, there's a, 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 a interesting you know about it. Yeah, but it's a, it's a local bookstore. It's the tomb, and don't find what you need there. We got a pretty extensive library for such a small place. The library, the Castro Library. Uh, but it's a, a a great deal of uh, unchristian reading on them shelves there. So uh, you know. Uh, you might not uh, find that to your taste exactly. Um, I suppose that's about it. Oh, except, uh, yeah. And then he slows down and he just kind of leans forward and he points up through the winds- windscreen, points upwards. And he says, uh, yeah, and, 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 and about, I'm on that bluff up there. If, if you see, it's about 14 miles or so out of town. Um, well, that's the uh, Casa de Diaz. Uh, it was, it's an old Spanish place, you see. Uh, it was built by the town's founder himself and the uh, direct descendant of this fella, Bernardo Diaz. He still lives there. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's quite a character, you see. Uh, he's probably the reason most uh, most travellers don't stay long in Castronegro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? What would you say are his major personality flaws? Well, uh, let's say he, he runs the town and uh, he don't take kindly to strangers too much, you see. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I'd stay out of his way. Uh, keep a low profile, if I were you. And you say it was his father who was the founder of the town? Oh, no, no, must be great-great-grandpappy, if you, if you think, all the way back. But no doubt uh, a line of overbearing men have probably put him in this mental situation. If they're anything like uh, Bernardo, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they, they weren't exactly a... Uh, too pleasant. Uh... You've said enough. I have a complete mental picture of this man's psychological profile. Tell me, you say he runs the town. What sort of uh, law enforcement? Is there a sheriff or is it the uh, Silver City police force take care of Castro Negro as well? No, no, there, there is a constable here. Uh, not a sheriff exactly, but I guess he was, uh, you know, uh, one of the local community who was uh, given the job. Fred, Fred Garcia is his name. Fred Garcia. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, He's a good guy. He's on a level. Well, yeah, I guess so. Keeps keeps things nice and uh, peaceful uh, most of the time, I guess. Could I do a psychology check to see whether there's anything he's hiding about this uh, police constable? Yeah, you can. You know, nice to get the dice going, isn't it? Yeah, why not? We don't seem to roll them too often, but when we do, it's always a treat, isn't it? Um, let's see if I can find the right button to press. Roll 20 never lets us down. It's ironic it's called Roll20. Because you have to click the button 20 times before it actually does anything. It's the purple one I'm clicking, right? No, the green one. The green one. one. Oh, quel surprise. Yeah, uh, he seems very much on the level. Mm. Um, Old Henry. I don't think that's worth pushing. And then he just slows down. The Model A crunches to a halt on the gravelly dirt road. And you are in the town square right in front of the Hotel Herrera. You can see the hotel there, there's the library, the chapel, I I guess is in the middle of the square. And yeah, those of you that were observant noticed on the way in that you're driving down Vieja Pereira Street, which of course is the name of one of the missing men. And I think also you you had another uh, Vieja Pereira piece of information, the letter, I believe. 
that Dr. Godfrey had, is that right? Was it the uh, the envelope we found at Lane's, wasn't it? The envelope. Is that right? Yes, yes. Oh, at Lane's, yeah, that's right. The letter, the envelope, was to Father Alonso Vieira Pereira. So, at the chapel, of course. So, I mean, maybe they're in another old family, as well as the Diazes that uh, lived here. Obviously, a lot of uh, historical antecedents to the people that live here. So, yeah. You're in front of the hotel as the truck disgorges you into the cool night air of uh, New Mexico desert town. I get off my horse and I, I dash over to the car and I, uh, well, the truck, and I open the, the door and I say, Your Highness, <clears throat> Your Highness, <clears throat> I take my hat off in a hurry and I take my handkerchief out and I... You've gone mad. I'll give the dock a kick. Ow! Your Highness, <clears throat> What's happening? We're not here already. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, let's stay in the car for a little bit longer. If you need to stay in there a little longer, Your Highness, that's fine with me. I think we should just sit and chew the fat here in the vehicle. Get in, get in, come in. There's room for everyone. This is fantastic in here. I don't want to, um... I think it's a good idea to uh, maybe get you uh, the best room in the hotel, Your Highness. You see me grip the dashboard, white-knuckle grip on the dashboard... Just for a minute, if we could sit and enjoy the night, cool night air in the comfort of this Model A truck. I nod, and I, and I walk over to Jesse, and I say, this guy looks like he's seen some action. Yeah, he does. Look at the way he's gripping onto that door. I ain't no psychologist, but I'm, I'm thinking he's six lineages to the Austro-Hungarians short of a 12-pack, whatever they say over there. He took the words right out of my mouth. I'll lean out the window and just look at the two of you and you say, you know how it is with these these old aristocratic families. Lots of inbreeding. Lots of inbreeding. Uh, it's a good, good point. Fish, isn't it, Mr. Fish? Yeah. Say, Fish, I couldn't help it over here when I, when I rode in close that time and asked for a refill on my water bottle, my canteen. You were talking about books, real strange books. Something about some place called the tomb? Yeah, some strange bookshop, yeah. doesn't really seem like the kind of town that would have a specialist, what, a cult bookshop? You know about this kind of thing? No, not really. I, I got some interest, but not. I, I wouldn't say I really know anything. Well, I guess I, I'll talk to the rest of your party about it. Anyway, so um, I'll go get that sweet ordered, Mr. Gray, for His Highness here. Yeah, if you could, we'll try and get a... Uh... His Royal Highness here, out of the the vehicle. At this point, Henry says, I really appreciate that. Uh, I gotta get back to Silver City. You mean you're not leaving the vehicle here? How will we get around? No, sir, I ain't leaving the vehicle here. Well, I, I'm sure you can get a cab local, but I ain't leaving this, this vehicle here. Do you think they might have the Model T? I'm sure they do. There's plenty of them about. Leap out of the truck. My God! <laughs> a taxi to take you across the streets to the hotel. I just want to see it. And then the truck just roars off down the street as quickly as, as, as it'll go. Loads of dust and sand. Yeah. So how about that room then, Fleischman? Your Highness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we should... Uh... Does anyone need a sedative to sleep? No. I'm all right. I will. I'm going to have one. Sounds like you might be able to pick something up at the changeling if you want something to help you sleep. Oh, and I pack my bag. We could put ourselves to sleep for years here. Forever, even. Forever. Nothing, looking in the bag, nothing oral, I'm afraid, but... Oh, I see. Very European. Oh, yeah, yeah. I look very confused, and then I turn to Jesse and I say, 
You okay with the horses, Jesse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hook them up. Fuck knows what this guy's on about. I've got something for the horses as well, if you like. I bet you do. No, no, I, I think they're fine. There's a little yard, like, down the side of the hotel where you can tie up the horses. I give them their oat bags and I uh, follow in after Harlan. So uh, it is quite late. It's probably probably about 11, 11 p.m. But there is a man standing, uh, well, actually, he's, he's probably sitting reading a newspaper or something behind the counter. He gets up when you come in. He's young. He's probably in his early 30s or so. He's got pale hair, blonde hair, slightly tanned skin. Yeah. Um, tall, probably six foot two, and he welcomes you in. Can I just check? We're not over the border here. This is like a border town. We're right, sort of. Uh, you're close, but it's still the US. It's still New Mexico. Although, of course, it was contested territory uh, until relatively recently, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good evening. He says, good evening to you. How many rooms do you need? Well, I think five, ideally, if you have them. Uh, yes, we have a dozen rooms uh, on the second floor. Several of them are, are occupied now, but yes, we, we have, I believe we have, uh, let me just have a look. And he looks in his book. Yes, uh, we've, we've got uh, seven empty rooms at the moment. All single, all single rooms. No, nothing. Did you say five? Did you did you mean maybe like three or four? Maybe. Are you going to cover that, your highness? <clears throat> Am I going to see receipts for that? <clears throat> I'm sorry, what? I'm just saying, like Jesse and I, we could, we could bunk up in a twin. That's no problem. Oh, that's what you want to do, then be my guest. But I ain't sharing with uh, Fischl Fleischmann. How, how you gentlemen roll in the, in the royal entourage is fine by me, but uh, mm. if it's okay with you, Mr. Gray, I'll keep our expenses down. And Oh, hey, what do you get up to in your own in your own space, in your own time? It's none of my business. I sweep my coat off my gun, but I don't put my hand on it. I just sweep it off. Say that again. So it sounds like four rooms. He said that you can do what you like. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but they're all single beds. I would rather you take one each. We don't want any awkwardness. Sure, no, no problem. Oh, so judgmental this close to the border. No, no problem. You have proper stables for the horses? Well, I mean, we have the, the yard outside. Where they'll be perfectly safe there. Well, I'll be perfectly safe there with them. Goodness me, what an obsession you have with your horses. I had not noticed it before. Really, sir? You, you're you happy to sleep on a pallet? Uh, yeah. Listen, I'm an outdoorsman. It's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. I'd rather be close to the animals, you know? Right. I'm nodding that way. We'll see right by him for breakfast, though. Don't you worry, uh, Mr. Um... Oh, Herrera. I'm Juan Herrera. Uh, Mr. Herrera. Pleasure to meet you. My name's Blake. You've already met Mr. Gray, obviously. Your family's place, then, Mr. Herrera. Yes, yes. We've been in the... In Castronegro since the middle of the 18th century. Good Lord. Yes, yes. Uh, my great-great-great-grandmother moved here in, uh, I think it was the 1720s, yes. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but this seems like kind of a big hotel for such a small town. Do you get a lot of travellers coming through? No, not, not a lot, but, well, several of the rooms are taken up by employees. There's a couple of farmers that uh, take two more. The local handyman, James Whitlock, he takes a room. That, you know, we're, we're a hotel, but really also we're, we're a rent house. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's only $2 a night, you see, he says, uh, as he sort of puts the rate card on the, on the desk. Only $2 a day. Well, that's no problem. Meals included. Wow. Well, no wonder you have some farmers staying here. Not to mention this uh, James Whitlock fella. Yes. Well, he is handy. It's handy having him around, the handyman. 
Yeah, I'm sure it is. But do, do you get a lot of strangers coming through town, though? I mean, with with the hotel, yeah, all right. But and you've got what a busy club here. You've got a specialist bookshop. I mean, this this seems like a you know, a lot for such a small town. Well, I guess so. Yes, we have itinerant workers during the summer. Um, people do come to sometimes to visit the bookshop. It's quite unusual for a small town. Maybe maybe that's a reason. Uh, I don't really ask people their business. I, I'm just happy to have the, the custom, really. Do you know who is the proprietor of the bookshop? Yes, of course. It's uh, Filippo uh, Diaz. Ah, I came across a book from them, and uh, it sounds like it will be quite an interesting trip. Yes, I'm sure they have all kinds of odd things in there. Yes, uh, yes, they do. Maybe that's one for uh, the morning. Hey, Fleischman, what, what, I mean, uh, your, your Highness... I'm suggesting we go there now. What, is everyone else in this group completely crackers? We've got a guy trying to sleep with the horses, another one who is a, a closet homosexual, this guy who wants to go to a bookshop in the middle of the night. I think I'm the only one who's... I look at Grey really confusingly and, and say, closet? What? I think I'm the only one who is sane, I say. And then I look at Grey again. How smart are you, Gilbert Grey? How smart? Physically, what's your, what's your appearance? Uh, sort of like, well, not like super smart in a, in a suit, but like plaid shirt tucked in. Uh, it's kind of like... Average clothes, but really well-kept, clean, straight, ironed, you know, look really straight-laced, basically. I lean over to you and I say, do you work in fashion? No, but my uh, my wife, Birdie, picks out my clothes and she has a really good eye. Thanks for noticing. Say, Mr. Gray, you, you look and sound like you've got your head screwed on as much as your friend Mr. Fish here, whereas I'm not so sure about the royal. What say we all meet down here in ten minutes and lay some cards on some tables? Preferably just the one table, as an expression. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in uh, checking out the Changeling Club, since... Uh... I'd like to talk about what the hell you gentlemen are doing here, and I'm perfectly willing to share some of the case that I've got running, but you know I was formerly a Pinkerton, and I'm looking for a lost man. He's gone missing. It's a serious business, and uh, I sort of open this to the group, but I don't really want to say it in front of uh, Herrera. Oh, no, I was, I was wondering, because you're, you're all standing there at the desk, so... Maybe if I could usher him away slightly, and but I've sort of tried to get Fish to be aware that I've said his name deliberately and kind of... Yeah, I mean, Fish is kind of half turning around to that, but we're still trying to engage the hotelier in conversation as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I, I noticed you were. So perhaps the others have moved away slightly, unless you didn't care whether you heard you said talk about the missing man harlan so let's say you've you've moved to the side a bit i think we've probably moved slightly away okay so lionel you're talking to the hotelier still you said what well, the bookstore owners Filippo diaz is is he one of the diaz's oh yes a lot of people in this town are descended from the diaz line yes and as well as uh, the uh, herreras and the vieja herreras as well i guess there wasn't a lot of uh, variety, let's say, in the ancest ancestry to this place. Yeah, yeah, well, small towns, they're the same everywhere. Oh, yeah, thank you, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll speak again soon, I'll say, and then turn around and try to work out why they're talking about me. Well, what I'll allow you to do, Lionel, is to make a psychology role, if you want. I would love to. Okay. That's an extreme. That is an extreme. An eight out of your 60 you're already pretty good at it well with that extreme you realize that Herrera is quite nervous and he's definitely trying to not say too much when you ask about the lineage of the people in the town well this sounds familiar <laughs> yeah who'd have thunk it okay uh, yeah I won't I won't challenge him on that I'll just fire it away mm, mm, indeed 
indeed. All right, so as you move away from the desk, Herrera says, if you just give me half an hour, gentlemen, I'll, I'll just make sure that the uh, the rooms are clean and, and there's no... Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, is there somewhere safe we can leave our luggage and maybe we'll go over to the changeling for half an hour, come back? Oh, absolutely. But don't be too much longer than that, though. I, I, I was planning on turning in when, when you arrived, but please get back before 12, let's say. You know, I, I have to be up early. What time, what, what are the hours at the changeling? Oh, <laughs> I don't think they really have hours, if you if you see what I mean. I know the kind of place. Yes, you, you will need $5 each uh, membership fee, if you understand what I'm saying. Anywhere serve coffee this time of night? <laughs> I believe they might have an old coffee pot in the back there. They probably don't use it too often, though. If you need a little pick-me-up, I will bring my bag. Thanks. Thanks, Prince Fleischmann. And so Herrera starts taking your bags up to the rooms and, and getting everything ready for you. Actually, on that point, if he is taking your bags, do you do you want to keep your, your medicine bag with you, Fleischmann? Oh, yeah, I don't surrender that. No, no way. And are you leaving your weaponry here as well in the, with your bags or what's... Uh... I'm not leaving my gun, no. No, and I'm going to take mine with me. I imagine I keep mine in my doctor's bag. <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't have a gun, so that's easy. Yes, Lionel Lionel uses his weapon as his mind. <laughs> I, uh, I meant it when I said I'd kip down with the horses, so... Okay, so you're just going to go to the back and nestle down. Okay, oh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe something interesting will happen out the out the back with the horses. Yeah. So the rest of you, the rest of you, then head across the well down Diaz Avenue, across Garcia Way, to the Changeling Club, the, the Herrera Hotel. As you as you're departing it, I didn't really describe it. It's, it's a classic old adobe building, must be at least a hundred years old, with two stories. Mm. Constant updates, surely. <laughs> yeah, just adding on new rooms just by slapping on some more mud. And the ground floor that you were on had the, the communal areas, the lounge, dining room, a kitchen, and probably the, the owner's rooms. And the second story is where all of your bedrooms will be. So, yeah, you head across the square to the local tavern or club, I suppose, the Changeling. It's another old adobe building, probably about the same size as the hotel, maybe a little bit older, maybe some of the... The walls are a bit more crumbling and decayed. It's only one story, and you head in, and when you get to the door, or when you push the door open, a man immediately comes over. Well, given what you know already, maybe you're a bit taken aback by the way he looks, because uh, he's a tall man with black hair, very almost blue, it's so black, his hair. A somewhat Indian cast to his face, a somewhat Native American cast to his face, and he has the most piercing bright green eyes as he comes over and, and uh, welcomes you in and he says uh, good evening this is a private club eh? yeah we we heard that this was the place in town to come so we thought we'd come here and find out whether we could get maybe temporary membership while we're in town see si, uh, it is possible uh, it will be five dollars each for each of you and then see si, it is a permanent membership Nothing beyond that. Uh, you must pay for drinks, of course, uh, and other things you may want. I don't know what this, what this would be, Andy, whether... Well, let me just ask you. My moonshine has made its way quite far. Is it possible that the crime family that I sort of brew for might serve this club and I might be able to use that angle to get in? A point at the blue stuff. 
Mm, that's an interesting thought. Interesting thought. So your your moonshine empire has has its tentacles across the whole of New Mexico. Uh, well, no, you see, it, not. I mean, I, I don't want to make out like I'm a bit like kingpin. Not not necessarily the whole of New Mexico, but there's potential that it might have made it this far. I'd say. I'll tell you what. You can make a credit rating roll. I think that would be the most likely. Okay, that's very reasonable. Oh, look at that! Hey. A hard success. Well, with that kind of a roll. I would say that perhaps the yeah let's let's say yes why not we'll see where this one goes. So I say to him, so listen, I'm I haven't got a problem paying the membership fee, but I uh, I have a good friend uh, Santiago Villalobos who uh, I believe may supply you with some of the best moonshine in the whole of New Mexico. Well, you're looking at the guy who makes it, so I wonder if maybe you could waive the membership fee for myself and my uh, companions on this one occasion. You are a friend of Santiago? More than a friend of Santiago. I'm a, a business associate. Oh, I see. Oh, interesting. I think you can see Lionel flinch at the mention of Santiago's name. There's some backstory then coming. He says, well, we Santiago, he supplies us with uh, some very high-quality liquor. Don't I know it? If you say that is yours... What is the name of this, of the liquor that you produce? Just to be on the, you know, just to be sure, uh, one has to check. Uh, they call it the grey juice. The <laughs> uh, grey. Grey juice. Not grey goose, grey juice. No, grey juice. <laughs> yes, the stuff that uh, they say put hairs on your chest or in other places. It's the cleanest stuff. It ain't got no creosote. It's uh, no embalming fluid. It's the purest, clean alcohol. You know that. Your customers never get sick, I bet. Well, look, if you make the grey juice, my customers, they cannot get enough of it. It is, uh, we, it is very popular here. And, uh, well, uh, I think we let you in. Uh, That's very kind. No charge. Are these friends of yours or just people you meet on the road? I give them all a sort of a look up and down and with uh, like a bitter taste in my mouth, I say... No, they're all with me. They're friends. Very good. Well, look, I tell you what. Uh, a little quid pro quo. You tell Santiago, maybe he gives uh, Gilberto Diaz a little discount from now on. I'll have a word. Well, we bien, we bien. Now, come, come. We bien, gracias. i show you the back room. You, you have a bit of fun there. Uh, some local people in tonight. Uh, maybe they play some cards, drink some grey juice. <laughs> That's very kind. Maybe great great juice all around, except for my. I'll just have soda water. But I, I'm sure my friends would like to try the great juice. Hey, Dad, you don't drink your own medicine. I have kidney disease. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I am sorry to hear that. But hopefully you'll stick around a few more years. Make some more of the juice. <laughs> Long enough to pay off a few debts. <laughs> right, back room is it? Come on, old Shatterhand. Do we hear all of this? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're listening. <laughs> You're, you're standing. Yeah, it's within earshot. So is there any chance that Jesse and I have ever heard of uh, De Lobos? Santiago? I don't think Jesse's, Jesse's not with you, is he? Or is he with you? I don't know. I thought oh, you... had he bedded down? Well, it's up to you. I figured he'd join us. I mean, I, I figured I would go and get him. I think going into a club with these three is not what I want to do without someone who I know. But yeah, unless he was bedding down. I'll spend the night with the horses, but until then, I'm still on. Okay, no, I was quite looking forward to a scene with you in the yard, just with the horses. and then. But no, 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 we don't need to do that at all. That can come afterwards. No, yeah. we'll do that later. That can come afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that can come afterwards. Yeah, there's time, guys, there's time. 
Okay, so you asked, do you know Villa Lobos? Uh, the Santiago character, have we heard of him? Santiago. Well, given that I think we just made him up, sure, why not? Well, no, you make. I've got law. Ooh, a lo- yes, that would be a good role. Oh, well, I've got my dice out, that's so silly. In the world that I have sort of just made up, I think you might, like the, the Villa Lobos like, crime family, maybe would be quite well known. Santiago himself, maybe not. Okay. So there's a chance I've heard of Villalobos. Okay. Just rolled a two on my first dice roll. Oh, wait. I should be using the roll 20 thing. Maybe maybe you are Santiago Villalobos. Ooh, I was close to a fumble, but not. 94 on a 45. That would have been an interesting fumble, I think. I think. But um, no, you've never heard of Villalobos. But uh, Jesse, maybe because you're, you've been living more locally. Maybe Bangtails owes a few debts to them or something. Sounds like Bangtails knows how to get rid of their enemies, makes their bodies disappear. <laughs> Shoving them inside horses. Oh, they love the horses. They love the horses. Tonight you're going to sleep in the horses. We love the horses. Brilliant. Dark. So maybe pondering, Jesse, what connection uh, Gilbert Gray, and maybe maybe misjudging uh, your companion somewhat. Maybe this is the guy who's my father's debts. Maybe this is the guy my father owed money to. And oh my god, it's all coming together now. Maybe if I just kill Gilbert Gray. I'll be fine. <laughs> we'll leave that to later. Did you wake up with a horse's ass in your bed one day? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The hurt, the hurt. I woke up and then put an entire bed around the horse's ass I usually sleep around. Oh, luckily he's frozen for me. I can't hear it. It's X-rated. What a relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably for the best. Self-edited, that was nice. So Gilberto Diaz, he takes you in and he says, uh, do you want to sit in the, in the main bar or in the back room? The back room is more private uh, if you have uh, business or anything, Mr. Gray. I think the back room, I'd, I'd have a look at Blake and sort of the back room. Uh, that would be mighty fine if we could. Yeah, there are there are a few townsfolk sitting around sipping on cold beers and... Umbonga. Yeah. <laughs> so Diaz takes you to the back room and he says, Well, for a friend of Santiago, you take the back room. You'll be quiet there. You wish to discuss business or anything else. Very kind. And he snaps his fingers and he says, Five grey juice. And Bob starts pouring out. He says, Oh, sorry, no. Four grey juice, one sarsaparilla. Thank you. So, say, friend, the name of this club, I mean, that's a, a strange name. Is there a story behind that? No. It's just a name. The Changeling. Yeah, now you mention it. That is kind of strange, right? I mean, there's, there's always a story behind the name of any establishment. You don't just pick them at random. Especially not when... I did not name this place. The previous owner, he called it this. I don't know what it means. It's just the name, no? And what happened to the previous owner? I say leaning in really close to him. He says... He leans into you as well, so your noses are almost touching. And he says... He sold up and left. Uh, People come and go in this town. I suppose he is away with the fairies. Because of the name, it's... The fairies? The fairies, uh, they bring the changeling child and they do the switch. Senor, I, I don't know what you are talking about. I appeal to the room. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Is the TV playing uh, the hurling between Tipperary and Mayo, or is it... How Irish is this bar? I'm college educated and I just, I, I just nod at you and I go, all right, let's get in that room. Let's get in that back room. Come on. 
Your Highness? I lean into Fleischmann's ear and say, maybe don't be mentioning fairies in a place like this. Oh, yeah, it may upset our friend, Mr. Blake, whose sexual repression is reaching dangerous proportions. I hope he finds the help he needs and is able to embrace his true nature, because if he carries on like this, I think he will have an, a violent episode. Well, someone's going to have a violent episode, that's for sure. So let's We've got that to look forward to. Can I do a psychology role on Fleischmann? Sure. I don't think it'll, show, it'll, it'll turn up anything useful, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, he's really interesting to the point of mad, right? Well, I don't know he's mad yet, do I? So. What's your intelligence? Yeah, that's true. I might not, I might not pass. It's not a massive leap. It's not a massive leap, but uh, here I go. I've got some stats on it. You met him shooting up a train that he refused to leave. That's a, a rare success. A 40 on a 50. Nothing special, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's mad. <laughs> Box of frogs. It's territory off his fucking head but in terms of the kind of madness i've seen from trauma does it feel like it's a traumatic thing or does it feel like i suppose that's psychoanalysis isn't it i think i think yeah. i raise i raise an eyebrow and i smile and i say i gotta get the dust off my boots gentlemen i'd like to do that in the back room i just want to say the idea of the hurling being on it brought back a memory a long forgotten memory of being in in la when i was in my when i was about 19 and we found an irish mexican bar called carlos murphy's the best mix Guinness and tacos all day. So maybe this is where it all starts. <laughs> Guinness with a slice of lime in it. 1990? I can't wait for the NPC to turn up who's called Carlos Murphy. I'm sure he's coming. <laughs> Carlos Murphy, we're definitely going to. All right. It's Carlos Murphy. Buenos dias. <laughs> Buenos dias, senor. Hands on the fucking car. Top of the dynasty. Oh, God. We can insult two cultures at once. Oh, we can do better than that. As you're heading to the back room... You see there's a man sitting on his own. He's got a very battered and dirty cowboy hat on, or just a wide-brimmed hat, not necessarily a 10-gallon hat or anything like that. And he looks to be in his late 50s. His face is blotchy and red, and he seems like he's a, a very professional drinker, you know, a highly professional drinker from the roomy eyes and the burst blood vessels all over his nose. And uh, as you go past, he, he sloppily raises his glass and, and goes, Cheers, yeah, and then just downs it and slams the glass down. And, and he says, Diaz, bring me another, as you go past into the... Cheers to you too, sir. I'll tip my hat, yeah. As, as Jesse says that, I'll tip my hat. Sorry, Jesse. He says, oh, yeah, well, you're new here. Visiting? Yeah, that's right. We're... That's right, Mr. Whitlock, I say, taking a real gamble. <laughs> He says, how do you know my name? I know a lot, Mr. Whitlock. Oh, have we met before? My memory's a bit hazy about these sort of things, you know. Uh, uh, would you care to join me? We're taking a drink in the back room, but uh, maybe maybe we'll join you a bit later if you're sticking around. Oh, yeah, I'm here until they throw me out most nights. Yeah. Well, it would be good to catch up. It's been too long. Oh, right. Oh, we have met. Oh, I really... I need more booze. Helps... <laughs> Helps with the memory. <laughs> so then you, you you go into the back room and settle down and, and you're you're brought your round of grey Grey juice. I was gonna say grey goo. Grey goo. Oh nano drinks. That's only when we leave it out for too long. And uh, yes, the entire universe starts de uh, fragmenting in front of your eyes as you drink the grey goo. No, you brought your grey juice and a sarsaparilla. And did you want a coffee, Harlan, as well, or was that uh, just uh Well I was thinking it might be cheaper to find a coffee house, but yeah. Oh, yeah, boss man here wanted a coffee. There's a Starbucks on the, on the main square. If he, yeah, I mean, he's in his 40s, so I think he says, you got any coffee on the go? Like a chaser, I guess. 
so Gilberto Diaz, when he when he puts the drinks down, he says, "Let's see what we can do." I think we have an old, a, a pot going in the store for the uh, washing up boy. Imagine mixing strong alcohol with coffee. That's crazy. Yeah, Harlan, just be careful. Last time, my cousin asked for a coffee pot and they gave him the spittoon. I mean, it's got the same amount of caffeine in it, but you don't want to be drinking that. <laughs> oh, grotesque. God. That's good, Jesse. It's good. Okay, so you are left alone to discuss your business, I suppose. Alone at last. Well, before anything else, I'm, I'll jerk a thumb over it at Whitlock and just say to Gray, friend of yours, Doc. Lucky guess. I haven't met a man that drunk uh, since I met a, a homeless man on a small Massachusetts fishing village, a uh, fishing town. I was on a holiday, similar hotel, actually. Didn't get a wink of sleep. There was some sort of commotion in the night. But the next day, I had a very nice morning, but I didn't see that drunk man again. Alan, someone, some, something Alan. Do you stay in the Gilman place? Yeah, it's something like that. It was something like that. Bit run down, but charming people. Fascinating story. So Sure, sure. Print it in one of those fancy magazines and see if it sells. I doubt it will. Uh, sounds like uh, you and Mr. Brown here uh, searching for a missing person just like we are. Just one moment. And I go and stand in the corner of the room and I, I take a, a wire brush out of my capacious wallet, which balances out the gun, and I start brushing my shoes down as I'm speaking. Repeatedly. I was going to say, as soon as he does that, I go over and I bend over and I let him brush me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then and then maybe I do brush a bit off you as well, Jesse. I think I'm going to psychoanalyze this. Not that I need to. It's pretty fucking obvious what's going on. I pat him on the shoulder and I say, you're good, kid. Thank you, daddy. I put my notebook down and say, ah, textbook, textbook. I think I just cough and go, we talked about that, Jesse. You don't say that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're quite right. Let's meet our new friends. <laughs> Uh, listen, listen here, gentlemen, I don't know what your uh, game is, but uh, back in the sheriff's office, I, I took a hook, line, and sinker, Mr. Fish. I felt that I was in the presence of uh, royalty. And who can blame me when someone's acting as crazy as this guy? Well, it does explain a lot, doesn't it? I'm sure as heck does. But it strikes me that you knew some information that could be real interesting for our case, and uh, I want to find this man alive. So time is of the essence for me. I'm missing a man named David Lane... David Lane. You heard about David Lane gone missing? Resident of Boston. He went to Silver City to meet a man named Adam Little looking into something to do with the scientific occult. Now, that's not my frame of reference, really. And then uh, you three come looking for someone, too, from what you've been talking about and what I've been overhearing. Yeah, we're looking for William Godfrey, a doctor, but... It's that whole thing about the scientific occult. I mean, it sounds like the doc has an interest in the occult too, and there's this occult bookshop in town. I mean, I mean, there are coincidences, and there are coincidences. Pulls out the Necronomicon. Yeah, I pull the book out of my doctor's bag and say, we found this, and uh, the, the man we are looking for had this book, and it is from the bookshop in this town. But you take one look at this, and you realize that it is not normal literature. None of you fellas speak German, do you? No, what a shame. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> no, no, afraid I don't. I can say that um, reading on in a vehicle, it causes a lot of travel sickness. Don't recommend it. So anyway, I've got this, and I take out the newspaper, and I, and I put it down on the consecutive disappearances, baffling the sheriff. And I say, we got all three of these men missing in a short space of time. We found an envelope at David Lane's connecting directly to... Uh, Joachim Vieira Pereira. Couldn't help but notice, as I'm sure you all did, that's the name of one of the streets here, Vieira Pereira. We went to his hotel room and there was nothing. There was nothing, and here I think I take a punt, and I toss down in front of Gray, and I say, found nothing in the room except this cigarette butt. 
Now, Mr. Gray, it seems to me that you know your way around some very fine liquor. And I take a little sip, and I put it down. Which means to me that you, uh, whew, that's good. You know your way around a distillery? Maybe you know something about chemicals. Am I missing something here? Is there something odd about this here cigarette butt? I'll take a look at it. I need my chemistry kit, which is back at the hotel, conveniently, to, uh do any proper experiments, but I take a little look at the cigarette button, give it a little sniff. Is there anything that I can tell just by looking at it that is out of the ordinary? Let me see. Do you have a science skill? I have very good chemistry. I have a bit of biology. Okay. What else have I got that might be useful? Yeah, I mean, chem- chemistry is uh, a bit of natural world. Actually, got quite good natural world. Yeah, natural world. I think it would be natural world. Okie dokie. Wow. Extreme. You've been missing some pretty spectacular roles so far today. Take a sniff and I, go, and I lean back and go, oh, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, there's definitely evidence of some kind of hallucinogenic mushroom. It's probably peyote or something. Or something maybe more obscure. It's not just tobacco in there. If it's a hallucinogenic smoking with tobacco, maybe Jimson weed that grows around here. Yes, Datura. Yes. yes. It could be mocaine, you know, when you chop the mushrooms up into the cocaine. I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. I empty out my doctor's bag. Yes, with that extreme role, yes, you, you, you know it's Datura. I think what Jesse means to say is he wouldn't know to recommend that to anyone because he's never tried it. That's quite robust. I relate to that. I say, this is a, a, a fungoid hallucinogen. May I? <laughs> mm, that's good. <laughs> just for precision, actually, now we've decided it's Jimson. It's it's not a mushroom. It's just a plant. But yeah, excuse me. It's not a fungi hallucinogen. It's uh, it makes you hallucinate. Yeah. <laughs> I think the locals around here call it loco weed. Loco weed. Mm. May I have a look and examination? Yeah, but I take it easy on that. And you know, it can bring on psychosis. In fact. Maybe maybe I'll just hang on to this, and I, as it's almost in his hand, and I remember that, and I say, I'll just, I think maybe I'll hang on to this until we get back to the hotel. I need to run a few more tests on it. Is yourself, well, I open my doctor's bag, start rummaging through it. Find some alternative substitute. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, no, no, you do what you'd like with it. And I lean in to Blake and I say, I recall that it can cause psychosis. Is there reason to believe that... Uh, person who smoked this may have been involved in some sort of violent altercation. By the sound of things, he just disappeared from his hotel room. What we know is Jesse saw some tracks leading out from the back of David Lane's place. Well, we saw them both, but Jesse followed them. Led to a car tracks. Two people. So, uh... Two people at least involved with, uh, either taking him out of his, uh, window or asking him to come real nice-like. If he was suffering from a psychotic break, part of his dissociative fugue might have made it very possible for him to be abducted in such a way where there was no struggle. He was simply seduced into doing it. Perhaps the supplier of his hallucinogen is the culprit in this case. This is a hypothesis. That's if we're saying there's a connection. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Your Highness. But I think uh, that's if we're saying there's a con- Why do you keep calling me that? Seriously? I don't know, we like, we Americans, we like nicknames. It's, it just seems to suit you. Ah, yeah, it's a nickname. The mask that we cannot see. The distancing from reality that makes us able to do the awful things we need to do to survive. I understand. And if you recall, uh, one of them had a strange cross shape on the boot heel in the footprint, just, just to remind you. Yeah, yeah. 
I think I, I say as much regarding the track. Or like the fucking Inquisition. Do you think you would recognise it if you saw it again, or was it so generic across that it looks like one you'd find on a church? I'd recognise it in a second. I think it's fair to say that Jesse knows a man's boot. Excellent. He's seen plenty of them. <laughs> Close up. I make another note in my notebook. Even if it is just an ordinary cross, I mean, how many boots do you see with crosses on them? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more you might see the cross in another context. Would you be able to distinguish it from a, a religious cross or if it was not on a boot? Uh, listen, it's either a hot cross bun or it's a crucifix or whatever. But uh, listen, I'm going to recognize it for what it is. So uh, don't you worry about that. You can analyze me some other time. I have an observation to uh, to make. I'm sure you, you all will have uh, realized there's only one hotel in town and at least two of the people we're searching for are not locals. It's likely they've stayed there. We've got our friend back out there, Whitlock. One or two of us should perhaps take advantage of his inebriated state and uh, see if he can reveal anything about whether he's seen Lane or Godfrey. Or Vieja Pereira is another question, but... Mr. Mr. Gray, do you think Godfrey stayed here? Is that what you're saying, Mr. Gray? We've got evidence that he's been to uh, the bookshop. Who knows whether he stayed the night, but... Not an easy journey to make in a single day, is it? Well, quite. Do we all know about the hotel? Did we all hear the hotel request for us to be back by midnight? I'd assume so, but maybe not. In which case, I say, um, he said that he stays here drinking until they kick him out. Now, that sounds like he might turn up at any time in the small hours of the morning to the hotel, so they're obviously not too concerned about when he turns up. But for us, the out-of-towners, they were very specific on the curfew they wished to impose. That strikes me as deeply suspicious, because Americans are supposed to be proud of their hospitality. Maybe Mr. Whitlock just has a key, as he's a local. Yeah, as that is possible as well. It sounds like he's a resident. Maybe they treat residents and guests differently. I don't like that. He's got the penthouse. But uh, you do raise an interesting point there, Doc, in that I think we should be real careful with the locals here, because I don't know if any of you noticed, it's never a good sign in a small town like this when there aren't many names. We keep seeing the same names over and over again. And I mean, I'm not saying it's inbreeding. I'm just saying that, you know, small families, so your know, families have a lot of control. And I don't know if you noticed, but when I was talking to the clerk earlier about these locals, he got real cagey, real cagey. Very true. I think you're right. You have some experience of this, Herr Fish. I, uh... That's an Innsmouth name. We don't talk about Pa's side of the family. Hey, uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, if we got some hours free, I'd, uh, my, my feeling is I'd love to visit a library and then maybe head to the tobacco shop. That's interesting. You, uh, you don't look like a reader. Well, you know, I like to read about uh, races and uh, all the history of racing. I don't look like a smoker, but I'll come with you to the tobacco shop. Well, there we go. There we go. See if there's some cherry shag. I make another note. I think even before we go around the town tomorrow, we should be careful tonight. We know that... Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, the locals are maybe a bit funny. We know visitors to town are going missing. We've already been asking questions. I don't know. I mean, if I was a cagey local, I'd probably be worried about us. You have hit on the critical implications there, Herr Fisch, as well. If the hotel, as Herr Grey is suggesting... <laughs> Hair grey. If hair grey is suggesting, then... The, the grey hair on your chest. That's what it is, isn't it? 
Hair Gray is suggesting that the hotel know about the abducted people. Then there is conspiracy. And yeah, I think your implication is correct. At the very least, the hotel know about it. And possibly. We don't know whether that's the case. We don't know for sure, but I would suspect the entire town knows about it. I'm suggesting now is the moment when Whitlock is uh, yeah. in his cups, let's say, that his tongue might be a bit loose. And, uh, well, Fish, I didn't bring you along for the uh, witty conversation. I know you do have a talent, and that may be getting information out of people through uh, subterfuge. Yeah, but... Looking over there at Mr. Whitlock, I think you're looking at trying to overcomplicate things. I think a man that drunk, you just ask him. Buy him a few drinks to see what he says. Uh, I'm, I'm with you there, Mr. Fish. But what about this? Uh, I'm real glad to hear we're all on the same page. When we went into that hotel and five questions were asked, I got a little jumpy. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like we're all on the page now. Mr. Fish here has made a very eloquent speech and has been backed up by... Uh, did you say that you were a doctor, Your Highness? Yeah, Dr. Bastian Fleischmann. I am a qualified psychiatrist. Right. I say, and hold his gaze. I look over my shoulder and I look back at him. The qualifications were obtained in Austria, but that does not mean they are ineligible in the United States. I don't need to see your paperwork, sir. I, I trust you're approved. But I don't usually employ a ruse. But it strikes me that we're odd bedfellows, if you pardon the expression, gentlemen. I look at Jesse Brown. And back to Harlan Blake, and back to Jesse Brown, back to Harlan Blake, and I make a note. If you do do that, you'll probably see that I just have my hand casually resting on the butt of my gun, because I'm waiting to see what Harlan says. Yeah. I think I, I just take a, a deep breath. I think what I'm trying to say is, we'd have good reason to be protecting a member of royalty. I would. It would certainly justify my armaments and my professional status. It would mean that I would fit in with you gentlemen as uh, some part of your business, and I'd gesture to Fish and Grey. And, of course, we'd need a man to look after the prince's horses here. So Mr. Brown fits that bill. Let me guess this straight. You genuinely think that continuing the illusion that Dr. Fleischmann is a member of Austro-Hungarian royalty is a good idea? <laughs> I've not given it that much thought, but it was the reason why I wanted to come into this back room. I bought it hook, line, and sinker earlier, and so did the sheriff. I am not against the idea. You're good, Mr. Fish. You're good. I believed you when you said it. And now I'm thinking, I hate to admit this, but it may be the only reason that the five of us could ever walk in. Four of us. Who's the fifth man? You are. Oh, it's me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I take my gun out and I point in the corner. I'm looking between Fish and Blake and Fleischmann, just like... No, I don't. No, I don't. I think your suggestion is not without merit, and... If I learned anything from the Buffalo Bill Wild West show, it is that what is real is not important. The illusion that we can make people believe is what counts. And if we can bend that to our will, then why not? There is nothing at all about Buffalo Bill's Wild West show that had anything to do with the Wild West. And yet, it was transporting. I believed every moment of it, even though I knew it was not right. And so we can achieve the same with others. We can make them believe that I am Austro-Hungarian royalty, even though there is clearly something wrong with me. <laughs> My English is uh, not good. So we've got, I guess we've got someone who's interested in a family lines, because that's what you guys are all interested in over in Europe, right? Your family, and maybe you're related to these Spanish fellas on the hill. And we've got this book here, and that means that we can go looking for other special books. Right, Mr. Fish? Yeah, yeah. Now, have I uh, have I jeopardized that particular story by giving away my connection with the Villalobos family? 
I think that will take care of itself. Oh, yeah, no, that's just adding in another bit of chaos to the mix. That's perfectly fine. Per- perhaps the doctor here is uh, interested in some transatlantic business with the crime family. Yeah, I mean, since the war, I mean, you know, fortunes ain't great for the Austro-Hungarians, so I guess they make their money where they can now. If you're happy with that, Mr. Gray. That certainly would, uh, it takes us far away from the idea of looking for missing persons, so perhaps that's wise. And it may open doors for us that would otherwise be closed. So we'll be wrapping up in about 50 minutes. Do you want to have that scene then with Whitlock, or are we going to discuss? I thought you were going to say that scene where Dan fucks a horse. (laughs) Before we turn in, that can happen whenever. I'll send that over as a separate file. It won't make the cut, it's just for us. I think that's the cliffhanger for the episode. With him just on the verge. Old Shatterhand, you say? It's not just hands, he shatters. <laughs> it ain't just... So then heading, given that it's nearly 12 o'clock and maybe you do need to be back, uh, maybe you're heading out... Yeah, I was going to order uh, another round of drinks, at least for me and Whitlock, and then head over there and join him at the table. Were you going to take Grey with you as well? Because I thought Grey was the sort of, I know you... Because he's in, I... Yeah, yeah. Were you going to do that, Dan? I don't know. I don't want to pimp you out. Yeah, I'll come along just for sake of uh, for sake of introductions, I think. But trusting that Fish is maybe the man for the job. So, Grey and Fish sit down at the table. You're getting a better look at Whitlock now. Um, other than the, the ragged signs of, of his alcoholism spread all across his face. Uh, he's uh, You realise he's quite a short and lumpy man. He has unkempt brown hair and unshaven face. And he has pretty wild eyes. Maybe that's the alcohol. Maybe that's just his normal normal look and he seems very grateful for the additional drink he says oh, that's my australia uh, uh any, any friend of the docks here is a friend of mine who uh, the dock here i'll say pointing at gray oh the, have we met yeah fish why don't you tell him how how we uh how we met yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you remember, you you and the Doc, I mean, the, the Doc talks about you all the time. Right? You, you remember that time? It was Whitlock who saved your life from that, that mountain lion, right? Oh, yeah, that was you. Oh, I, I've been looking for you for years. Oh, I, I wanted to thank you for that. That was, uh, that was an act of real Christian charity. Oh, you're very welcome. I, I would have done the same for anyone. He says... Uh, that mountain lion, I reckon it followed me back to my place as well at, uh, a few nights later. I heard it scratching around outside my window, howling, oh, not howling, roaring, roaring at the moon. Well, uh, I was pleased to see you uh, looking so well, Whitlock. Well, I sometimes dream about that lion. And your face, I think it comes into my dreams too. Or someone's face. <laughs> How unfortunate. Well, uh... I reckon I'll have a, another one of these now, he says, draining. Your money good? Yeah, I'll wait for another drink and uh, say, uh, so you're, you're staying at the hotel as well, right? Well, I, I live there most of the year round. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I do a bit of work there, and a bit of work in the town and yeah, that well, kind of thing. Well, well, I can see straight, that is, when I can see straight, that is. Well, we're just passing through ourselves. I mean, this is our uh, first night here. Hey, it seems like a nice place. Not there's a lot of choice around here. There is. There's only one hotel, right? But I mean, you, you recommend it, I guess. I mean, if you've been living there all that time, it must be a good place, right? Oh, I don't know. Nice place, Castronegra. Nice place. <laughs> That's a pretty one. <laughs> oh, 
Christ, no, it ain't a nice place. What's wrong with it? It seems nice to me. Oh, is this bad stuff? Bad stuff goes on. Bad stuff? Oh, I don't like the sound of that. I mean, we, you know, we were thinking of spending some time here. I mean, I mean, if there's any bad stuff going on, I mean, I better know what it is before we get on the wrong side of it. Well, no, you better not stay long. You better clear on out. Maybe pack your stuff up tomorrow. You don't want to stay around Castronegra. Well, but why not? I mean, yeah, everything we've seen here so far, the locals are friendly. It seems like a pretty little town. I mean, what's so bad about it? Well, locals are friendly. I don't know. It depends on your definition of friendly. If you mean taking people up into the hills and sacrificing them. Right. Say that again. <laughs> I can't say I've been to too many towns where they do that. It's the old fellas, the old fellas, the old fellas from Castanegra. That's what they do. Is that some sort of euphemism, or you mean they literally take people and sacrifice them? Oh, I. I keep away now. I keep away now. You see, there's still lights and, and noises up on that hill there. There's dancing up there. There's, oh, if he goes up there on the wrong nights, you can hear it awful. It's awful yelling and screaming. And when was the last time this happened? Oh, it happens all the time, all the time. Do they do it to uh, locals or outsiders? Anyone who crosses them, I reckon. But yeah, some fellas went disappearing. Here, a while back, not too long ago. Well, I killed them. Oh, who's that? I killed them. I don't know their names. There were some out-of-towners, even. And they, they were staying at the hotel? No, I don't know. They got brought in or something. White folks, Americans, or uh, or Mexicans? I didn't get a look at them. I just heard. I just heard. And that screaming, I tell you, it ain't just kids having fun up there. No, no, no. No, no. I seen them. I seen them. When you say it's the old folks who take them up there, what are you talking, the Diaz family? Look, don't keep your voice down. There's a, there's a couple of Diazes here on the other side of this room, drinking right now. Yeah, I know, that's why I'm asking, because, you know, if we can't trust them... Look, what well, I seen them up there. I seen them up there, like the name you mentioned. I seen them up there, and I seen what comes with them. I seen what comes with them, you see. Oh, believe me. You don't want to know. You don't want to know what comes with them. I think I do. Oh, you do? Well, you climb up them foothills uh, to the shepherd barn and uh, you see what you think then. If you want if you want to find out, take a gander at the old Diaz vault too. Uh, then you'll know. I'm telling you the truth. It ain't just a drink talking. I've seen it. I've seen these things coming with them. Well, I, I think we will probably take your word for that, won't we, Mr. Fish? I don't think we'll be investigating any uh, Shepherd Barn or Diaz Vault. I think we'll stay well away. Yeah, we're like I said, we're just passing through town. I mean, we're, we're only here for the night. Well, that's good, that's good. But could you get me one more? He says, holding up his empty glass. It helps take the memories away. Yeah, I'll pass him my untouched drink. And he, uh... He raises his glass and he drains it. And you can see now that it's not just drunken, lunatic rambling. There's a deep look of damage and fear and horror in his eyes as he tells you about the things that came with him. But at least he's not trying to steal a fucking train. There is this. There is that. 
and I think that will be a good place to end it then for the yeah. for the session. Lovely, nasty, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> the turn. Oh. Mm. Mm. Indeed, indeed. I think we find out where we're going next. Thank you, Time Again. And as usual, I wanted to thank all of our backers at all levels. We can't do the show without you. Well, we could, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as good because with your support and help, we can do all of the extra things that we want to do. I also want to thank all the players who I realised I haven't really been thanking in our thanks section. So thank you to all the players. I love you all dearly. And I hope that we can continue doing Grizzly Peaks far, far into the future until we're old and grey and can't remember what happened in the last session. Actually, I think that kind of applies to me already. But for the rest of you, you'll get there soon. Don't worry. And if you do like our show, which I assume you are if you've listened all the way to the end, then do come and join the fun at patreon.com forward slash Grizzly Peaks. Look forward to seeing you there. And yet again, we have some wonderful new Patreons to thank. So since we last sent out thanks, we have had, well, quite a few actually. Felis Catus, thank you so much for joining as a Grizzly patron. Also, Torandi, for joining as a Grizzly patron. Thanks also massively to Genevieve Olejnik for joining as a Grizzled patron. Genevieve is a stalwart of the Apocalypse Players Patreon, or Discord rather, and has made the jump, has jumped streams, well, has joined streams, let's say. Thank you so much, Genevieve. And an extra huge, huge special thanks to Luke Funomi Neal. Thank you so much, Luke Funomi Neal, who's joined at the Grizzly Peak. So we'll be joining our next Patreon backer special game, along with Oblivion Media from the last thanks that I gave. And finally, a very special thank you to someone who isn't a Patreon backer yet. Maybe one day, who knows? But has been following us, and they are rather shy, so I won't mention their name. But wanted to thank them very, very much for all the incredibly kind words that they have written about the show. And I think you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs>